0: Hi, and welcome to episode 66 of 5 Minutes of Rum. Notes on rum, a few minutes at a time. My name is Kevin Up the Grove. It's fair to say that I've been asked a few times about when the show would have an episode on Stiggins Fancy Plantation Pineapple Rum, a pineapple-flavored rum from Plantation. Uh, Funny enough, I've never been asked about when the show might cover any other flavored rum. Uh, Fair to say that Plantation has built up enough goodwill with rum drinkers that they get the benefit of the doubt when it comes to flavored rums. Uh, So when word got out in the summer of 2014 that Plantation had a flavored rum, the reaction was decidedly positive. Uh, I was no different, although the expectation from the summer of 2014 was that this limited release was not going to appear in the hands of the unwashed masses. Uh, By late 2014, I actually had two bottles at home, and by mid to late 2015, Stiggins Fancy Plantation Pineapple was starting to appear regularly in stores. I'm sure at this point many of you have had a chance to try this rum, so now is as good a time as any to take a closer look at it. I'm also going to revisit juicing a pineapple, and I'll put these elements together to mix the Pineapple Express. Oh, and there's something a little different about this episode. See if you can figure out what it is here on episode 66 of 5 Minutes of Rum. Stiggin's Fancy Plantation Pineapple is the formerly mythical, now readily available pineapple rum from Alexandra Gabriel and Plantation Rum. Uh, this rum was originally introduced as a non-production, limited-run rum uh, shared by Plantation with their friends at the uh, 2014 Tales of the Cocktail event. Uh, The response was so overwhelmingly positive that it found its way into production and is now part of the standard U.S. lineup for plantation. Uh, Flavored rums, as you probably know if you've been in a liquor store, are about a dime a dozen and generally frowned upon by rum drinkers. So why did this strike a chord with rum pros? The only other flavored rum that I typically have time for is the Kaloa Coconut Rum that I talked about in a previous episode. Uh, That's another naturally flavored full 80 proof uh, rum. Now. Unsurprisingly, if I like that one and I like this one, this, too, ends up being a naturally flavored, foolproof rum. Uh, Typically, now, if I typically want to introduce flavors in a rum, I do it with other ingredients in a cocktail. But there are applications where you might want the uh, pineapple note without adding the body from pineapple juice. Or you may just want to pump up the pineapple element of a cocktail that uses pineapple juice. So, again, generally, I'm not going to have too many flavored rums in my bar, if any, aside from the Koloa Coconut and the Plantation Pineapple. Um, but this one ended up being an exception and it found its way into regular rotation in my home bar Um, and it's actually um, a rum that's very easy to sip neat Uh, so this is as good a point as any to sample the rum and then talk a little bit more about its production so speaking of uh, the pineapple rum um, the bottle itself it's a tall bottle standard issue plantation thick glass uh, with the now standard as they've uh, sort of rebranded their labels as an overlapping wrapped label wrapped label excuse me uh it looks like it's uh, kind of in the style of a printed newspaper article uh there's nice graphics and there's actually info worth reading on that label so turn the whole thing around there's pictures of it in the show notes um, and have a read and have a look at what's on the label um plantation's moving their labeling more towards this style with the uh, the three star uh now the, the new version of the plantation dark and when i say new version i mean at least in the, the new labeling and the new oftd so uh you know in some cases it does pay to read the label The rum itself um, is enclosed in that bottle with a cork and a plastic cap stopper. Uh, The rum itself, unsurprisingly, looks a lot like the plantation dark rum. It's a dark amber, uh, but not an overly caramelized dark rum like a caruba. Aroma, you'll you'll find this very shocking, but the primary note on the nose is pineapple. um, And it smells great uh, if you at all like pineapple. Um, If you don't really care for pineapple, this is probably not the episode for you. Uh, there's very little astringency on the nose, uh, although once you swirl it a little to aerate it, you get some of the underlying alcohol who starts to pop up on the aroma. Uh, breathe that in. Make sure, again, keeping your mouth open to help you get all the flavors uh, and all the aroma coming in uh, through your through your nose and through your mouth. Uh, taste, again, uh, pineapple is at the forefront, but now the rum really comes through. There's a, a warmth on the tongue and on the lips. Um, it's not a completely dry rum and does have some sweetness, but the aroma promises more sweet than the rum delivers, and that's probably for the best. Uh, a rum infused with flavor, uh, a flavor that is still a full-featured, full-flavored, or excuse me, a full-proof rum, uh, is ideal if you're going to have a flavored rum. It's a medium-bodied rum, uh, at least in my estimation, um, and doesn't seem to be overly dependent on aging. That's not really the point of this rum or, or what it's trying to go for. Uh, it's just not that in that style. Uh, Finished. Um, finished is where I think the aging element, um, makes itself known or the lack of aging element, not lack of it is aged. We'll get to that in a little bit, but it's not a long aged rum. And so that's a lot of times in a, the finish is uh, is really what's showing off, um, the aging. Um, I think in the finish, there is some lingering warmth on the throat. It's not really a long or complex finish, uh, nothing wrong with it. Uh, but I, and I still find this to be an eminently sippable rum. So I, I'm really, if you, if you can't tell, um, I am really fond of this rum, uh, it lived up to the hype in my mind, and it joins the Kaloa coconut is the only two-flavor rums I regularly keep on hand. Um, sipping the Stiggins Fancy Neat is a great way to enjoy this rum. Um, I personally like to toast with it, keeping in mind that pineapple—the pineapple—is a symbol of hospitality. Uh, it's also a versatile mixer, so you can swap it into recipes that call for a, an aged column still rum and pineapple juice to enhance that aspect of the flavor profile, or you can build a new recipe around it. In my short-term experience. Uh, it's been a willing dance partner for any number of flavors. As mentioned earlier, this rum comes by way of Alexandra Gabriel, a cellar master for Plantation. He collaborated, and not for the first time, with author and cocktail historian David Wondrich. I've mentioned Mr. Wondrich on the show before, primarily in the context of his books Imbibe and Punch, as well as for a different collaboration with Mr. Gabriel on the creation of the Pierre Ferrand Dry Curaçao. The two also collaborated on Pierre Ferrand 1840 Cognac, Introduced at the 2011 edition of Tales of the Cocktail. Uh, It should come as no surprise that when a historian and a cellar master get together, the result is the introduction of a spirit rooted in old-timiness. The name refers to the Charles Dickens character, Reverend Stiggins, from his novel uh, Pickwick Papers. So thank you, cliffnotes.com. That um, character, Reverend Stiggins, was a character noted as an alcoholic, unsavory evangelist. The Reverend's favorite drink was pineapple rum, uh, which was, at the time of Victoria, England, a popular spirit. Uh, this collaboration bore fruit, no, I'm not, sorry, at the 2014 Tales of the Cocktail, where less than 1,000 bottles were distributed to friends and bartenders. Uh, word of this rum traveled pretty quickly in cocktail circles. I recall reading about it in the write-ups of, 20, of the 2014 Tales and lamenting that, uh, for myself, it would not be available outside of those circles. Now, in November of 2014, I was wandering the aisle at Beverage Warehouse, as you do, And sitting on the shelf next to the plantation Trinidad 1999, itself a fantastic rum, uh, was Diggins fancy plantation rum, pineapple rum. um, And I recall being very excited, wondering if somehow Beverage Warehouse had had obtained some of those precious few bottles and put them up for sale. Um, In retrospect, I'm not entirely sure what they represented in the production evolution, uh, but it was before the rum was being mass produced. On the other hand, there was a UPC, so who knows? That that does seem to indicate if there was a UPC code on there that it was production-ready um, and meant to be sold. Um, I excitedly emailed uh, some fellow Rum Rum Club members to alert them, and between us, I think we bought everything that they had in stock. Uh, it was an exciting, in a rum nerd kind of way, to, to have bottles of this rum, not knowing if there would ever be more. Um, I also recall hedging my bets when letting friends know about this um, as it was a flavored rum. So again, it had a good reputation, but it was um, recommending a flavored rum. In the end, it turned out to be pretty okay. Now, flash forward a little bit more to March of 2015, and Josh Miller published an article on his Inua site, which we've linked to before, and there's a link to this article in the show notes as well, uh, about making your own Stiggins fancy at home. So not the same thing, but a close proximity based on the descriptions provided of the original recipe. Again, there's a link to that article in the show notes, so if you're not able to find or source the Stiggins fancy in your area, give Josh's recipe a try. I'm going to bet that you're going to get pretty close. Then, just about a month later, in April 2015, the news came out that Stiggins Fancy was going into regular production. Now, as for that production, between the official site and the write-up form from Matt over on the Cocktail Wonk site in April of 2015, there are a couple of differences. Uh, I'm going to chalk that up to probably Plantation streamlining production as they went on to reach normal production rum number, excuse me, run numbers. Uh, again, that's just conjecture on my part, but I think that accounts for some of the differences between the two descriptions. So, I'll call out the differences as I, as I read through them. Um, From the official site, they start by peeling pineapples. Um, Unofficial sites mention specifically that these are Queen Victoria pineapples, but the official write-up doesn't indicate what type. Queen Victoria pineapples are also known as baby pineapples, as they're only about four and a half inches tall and have none of that fibrous core, so you can actually eat the entire thing minus the crown. Uh, They tend to be sweeter and lower in acidity. Now, once peeled, the pineapple rinds themselves are infused with Plantation 3 Star for a week. Uh, this mixture is then distilled again. So again, you're, you're redistilling what it was already a distilled Plantation 3 Star, but now infused with the rinds. That mixture is distilled in pot stills. The unofficial write-up has these rinds macerating for eight weeks in a higher-proof uh, Plantation 3, 110-proof version of Plantation 3. Uh, there's no mention of another distillation in that unofficial write-up. Now, to confuse things further, Josh Miller's uh, write-up that we spoke about earlier said this, was a, this step was a three-month maceration, and then it was redistilled. So uh, to say that Plantation has been working to optimize their production process um, as they ramped up production is probably, again, safe to say. Now the next step, the rest of the pineapple, the non rind part, uh, is, co- uh, is chopped up and infused with Plantation original dark rum for three months. And then after that, the two different liquids are combined and rested in barrels for three months. Uh, these are used cognac casks uh, per mats right up over at Cocktail Wonk. And not a heavy as that would put too much barrel influence in the final rum. So a little bit of differences in the descriptions of the, uh, but the general idea is taking fresh pineapples, distilling them or excuse me, infusing them different ways with different rums and then combining that uh, for the finished product. So again, all natural, not introducing sort of sort of artificial pineapple flavor. Uh, where to find? Luckily, uh, it's not that hard to find right now. Uh, liquor barns that are on the larger variety that tend to stock plantation normally should be able to obtain it. Um, all of my preferred local liquor stores seem to carry it with just a couple of exceptions. Um, And it's readily available by by mail order if that's an avenue available to you. Uh, From what I've read, this rum is in production for the U.S. market. So listeners outside the U.S. may have a harder time locating it. Sorry about that. Uh, Again, maybe you can try infusing your own. Um, But also, you know, if you're outside the U.S., you probably have access to a lot of interesting demerara rums that we can't get here. So um, anyways, if you have the means, I I definitely recommend picking up a bottle or two of, of this rum. Now, I'm going to revisit the topic of corn and juicing a pineapple. This was something that I talked about back in episode uh, 42 with the Jungle Bird uh, featured three ways. Um, and starting with that episode, I started to come around to the effort needed for fresh pineapple juice. Um, and I think this is what I said at the time. Two pieces of advice if you're using the blender or food processor version like me. Plan your cocktail e menu for the evening around a few different cocktails uh, with fresh juice. You'll get 8 to 12 ounces from a pineapple and you'll need patience. Uh, you'll need to juice like an hour ahead of time to get a decent amount of juice. Um, so pineapple is a little bit of a different beast when comparing, um, you know, other uh, comparing juicing to other um, citrus, excuse me. Um, so it comes down to allotting yourself some time and knowing that it's going to be a little bit more work, but the effort is is worth it. And my method at the time was to essentially chop up the pineapple, uh, put it in a food processor and then kind of um, loosen things up with a little bit of water, trying to get the, loose from the fibers and then... Um, let it sort of slowly pour that into a large mesh strainer um, over a big measuring cup, and then just let gravity go to town on that, which would probably take anywhere from an hour to two. So you can still do that. uh, But there's a little bit better method. If you, if you can pick up a couple of other tools Um, because unfortunately more often than not, I I still reach for that small six ounce can from bowl uh, from Dole when I needed uh, pineapple juice for a cocktail. And that's really suboptimal. Now, since I've uh, since then I've been inspired and made a couple of changes and now more frequently juice fresh pineapples. In, in December of 2016, Humuhumu uh, Humu published an article on uh, her site, Kritiki about juicing a pineapple. Uh, quick aside on Kritiki.com. If you are a Tiki fan and you aren't visiting Kritiki regularly, it's time to evaluate some choices that you've made along the way. Um, it is a one-stop shopping for looking at Tiki locations, both old and current. Um, looking at fabulous photos, and most importantly, get an idea of what those places are like when you're planning your visits because it features ratings from actual people who have visited it. Uh, so it's a great resource. And then Huma has recently been publishing a lot more articles on the news.critiki.com portion of the site. And that's where I picked up this, uh, this pineapple juicing article along with other things. So of the steps that I noted in episode 42, getting back to juicing a pineapple, uh, the element of time was not on your side. Uh, But Humu mentioned using a combination of a salad spinner and a cheesecloth-like bag that is used uh, in some cases for like straining nut milk, or I use it for straining uh, falernum ingredients. Uh, And so, hey, I I realized I had one of those things in my kitchen. Um, And the straining bag really changed the game for me when it came to, as I mentioned, making falernum and orgeat, uh, because it's easier to work with than um, cheesecloth. And then you can just wash that in the dishwasher and get it clean after every use. Uh, So go get one of those if you're the home syrup maker type. Uh, anyway, I mostly followed the steps outlined by Humu with a few concessions uh, to the equipment that I currently have at home. So start off by coring a pineapple and cutting it into the chunks. And there's pictures of these steps in the show notes, so you can reference those as well. Now, um, again, once you've cored the pineapple and cut it into chunks, you're going to want to save the crown when you chop, when you chop the top off of that so you can properly garnish your cocktails like a gentleman. Now, once you um, have the pineapple chunks, um, um, get those into a puree state. Um, you can use a kitchen blender if you have one of those. My kitchen blender is non-operational at this time, so I use a food processor. Um, and then basically turn that into a puree, like I said. Pour that resulting mixture into the cheesecloth bag, which you've placed over the salad spinner. And then you know seal that up, put the top on the salad spinner, and just go for a couple of uh, cycles around that salad spin. And the centrifugal force is going to help... Um, get some of that juice out from the puree. So that's going to give you like a head start. But in my case, spinning alone left a lot to be desired. So your mileage may vary depending on how blended your pineapple puree is. Um, At this point, I normally open up the salad spinner and then I manually squeeze the bag to extract as much juice from the puree as possible. And that leaves the fibrous elements in the bag. Uh, do this until your hands start to complain about all the squeezing. Um, it's a pretty straightforward, easy process. You get your hands a little bit dirty, but that um, just makes it taste a little bit better. As long, Well, when I say dirty hands, wash your hands. Um, but it is it is getting one step closer to actually you know, producing the cocktail with your own two hands. Um, it's probably still not the right solution for making one cocktail after work. Uh, but on the other hand, fresh pineapple juice is delicious on its own. So, you know, maybe work it into your routine now there are two recipes in this episode and the first one comes by way of a a field trip for um for five minutes of rum um i recently a couple weeks ago had the opportunity to go out to uh the desert oasis room that is uh adrian or also known as polynesian pop on instagram um he is a uh, long time fixture in the tiki scene um if you've been to a tiki event in the southern california area or heck even outside the southern california area there's a pretty good chance that you have run into adrian even if you didn't know it um, he has a podcast called inside the desert oasis room where he broadcasts primarily from his home, uh, tiki room, which is fabulous. Um, it's a stellar example of what a home tiki bar and a home tiki room would look like. There's pictures of that in the show notes. Um, the pictures don't really do it a lot of, uh, justice. Well, I mean, the pictures look good, but believe me, it looks even better in person. Um, Adrian has started doing a podcast. I think it, uh, debuted, uh, sometime in the second half of 2016, um, and basically he has uh, conversations with his friends, uh, a lot of them from the tiki community, some of them outside the tiki community. Um, but it's it's a long form conversation and it's really a lot like just dropping in and hearing some of your friends um, have a conversation. Uh, there's, you know, naturally there's an element of tiki to it. Uh, but the conversations go off in, in all kinds of interesting and different directions. Um, so I strongly recommend uh, not just going to listen to the episode that I was a guest on, which, uh, which is available. There's a link to that in the show notes. but I think you should just subscribe and listen to a couple episodes. I think you'll, you'll probably enjoy uh, hearing some old stories um, about how the revival of uh, Tiki came about from different points of view. Um, and with that, We're going to go into Adrian's recipe for the plantation pineapple rum, a daiquiri version that he mixed up for us in the Desert Oasis room. Uh, So we talked about the plantation pineapple earlier in this episode. Now we're going to use the plantation pineapple in a cocktail. And we have a guest bartender in this episode. Uh, We're inside the Desert Oasis room. You should listen to that podcast. There's going to be a link to that. In the show notes, and I might just post a uh, an episode of that in my feed. But here we have the proprietor, uh, Adrian, A.K.A. Polynesian Pop, on Instagram. Aloha, and he's going to make us a daiquiri with the Stiggins Fancy Plantation pineapple.
1: So this particular recipe I actually found on the plantation website, but what I did was I dialed back the the uh, citrus a little bit because I didn't want it to taste too limey. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and make the the recipe that I like to make. And the recipe that I like to follow is two ounces of plantation pineapple rum, one ounce of simple syrup, and a half ounce of lime. And I'm going to go ahead and make that here for for Kevin here for his for his podcast.
0: And what I like about what you've done with this particular recipe is, you know, you're highlighting the rum, right? So that's an important thing. Is if you're using plantation pineapple rum, you don't want to bury that,
1: right? You want that's correct. To you know. I really enjoy this rum. This particular rum, I was not familiar with until it was gifted to me. So someone came to my house and brought me this rum, and I had no idea about what kind of rum this was. And I know, I you know, I typically shy away from flavored rums, but this particular rum I endorse as a flavored rum. Um, It's got a very rich and delicious flavor to it. It doesn't taste artificially flavored. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, So so basically, this particular recipe, what you're going to do is you're going to take a coupe glass. And you're gonna start by filling that with ice so that the glass chills as you make the drink. So uh, I just filled up a glass with ice here. And then the next thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna fill up a tin with ice and then I'm gonna make the drink. And, I'll, and I'll, I'll speak it out to you so you, can, you guys can mix
0: along. So get your shakers. This is where you hit plows, get your shakers, and then come back.
1: So I filled up a shaker with ice. And then I am going to take Uh, I'm going to take my jigger here and I'm going to do two ounces of plantation rum and then I'm going to do an ounce of simple and a half ounce of fresh lime juice. Make sure that lime juice is fresh. Has anybody heard that before? (laughs) So, if you're if you have, if, if you're a regular listener of the 5 Minutes of Rum podcast, you know that you need to use fresh lime juice. My work so is this, done here. <laughs> yeah, so, there you go. So, shake that up. And we're going to shake this in our shaker until the tin is frosted. And then you're going to take that, t- that coupe glass and you're going to dump the ice because we don't want to serve it with ice. But we just want the glass to be cold. And then you're going to strain this out of your cocktail tin, and you're going to serve it without ice, but you want to serve it in a chilled coupe glass. That's something I can hear on radio. So you know, not poor. So you give that a try, Kevin.
0: Okole maluna?
1: Uh, mm.
0: That is excellent. Thank you. And like you were saying, when you put the recipe together, something that highlights the pineapple rum, you don't want to bury it. If you put too much lime juice in it, you're going to throw off the balance. It'll probably still be drinkable, but you're going to be losing everything that you want to get out of the plantation pineapple.
1: Well, you know, the thing is, the reason why I cut back on the lime too is that I prefer a a more – I'm not really a tart drink kind of person. I prefer a a sweeter kind of a taste. Mm -hmm. But this particular way of mixing this pineapple plantation rum is it really – highlights the flavor of the rum so it doesn't let the citrus overpower it
0: cool well thanks adrian very much thank you for you Kevin. thank you for inviting me over to the desert oasis room i'm going to keep saying that uh until that invitation gets extended again so thanks
1: thank you so much mahalo Bye.
0: and so i'd like to say thanks again to adrian for inviting me out and i was honored to be on the show it meant a lot to me um and i'm happy to have done essentially a a swap cast with Adrian where uh, he's appeared on the five minutes of rum show. And I got to appear on inside the desert oasis room. Uh, so again, link to that in the show notes, but uh, go give it a listen. Now the second recipe for uh, the, this episode is called the pineapple express. Now I didn't actually intend it to be a reference to a Seth Rogen movie. So that's not really where it came from. Um, I wanted to make a jet pilot variant with uh, the plantation rum, the plantation pineapple, I might say. I experimented a bit with this rum Uh, making things like an enhanced Bulu where the Bulu already has a strong pineapple presence. So I just mixed in instead of like the, uh, the amber column still rum or the uh, lightly aged column still rum, I mixed in the plantation uh, uh, pineapple rum, which was really good. So try that. Um, And I made a bunch of iterations on the way to this recipe. There's like, I think this was uh, iteration six or seven or something like that. Um, And again, what I was looking for was I wanted to make something that was like a jet pilot, Um, And because it's been unusually rainy or at least unusual for the last couple of years here in California, um, the Pineapple Express was just a nod to the current rain uh, because one of the weather phenomenon here is when it actually rains is when the moisture comes up from um, the southern part of the hemisphere instead of from the northern part. Like if it dresses, when it comes up from around Hawaii or Mexico in that region, rather than coming down from Alaska, uh, that's sometimes referred to as the Pineapple Express when that moisture comes in. So probably... More suited for a weather podcast, but anyways, that was that was the thinking behind it. The Pineapple Express recipe is three quarter ounce of fresh pineapple juice, fresh if at all possible, one half ounce of fresh white grapefruit juice, one quarter ounce of fresh lemon juice, one half ounce of Floranum, one half ounce of honey mix, one ounce of Plantation dark rum, three quarter ounce of Stiggins Fancy Plantation pineapple rum, three quarter ounce of Plantation OFTD rum, and yes, we'll get to that soon. Uh, not in this episode, but soon and one dash of Bitterman's Elamakule Tiki Bitters. Flash blend that with uh, 12 ounces of crushed ice and pour unstrained into a tiki mug or a double old-fashioned glass. Now, no tiki bitters, uh, no problem. Omit them and you'll have an, an even more pineapple forward, but slightly less complex cocktail. The Elemakule Tiki Bitters, um, the Elamakule is old man in Hawaiian, are from the Bitterman line of bitters. I used their mole bitters in several recipes in the past, including the Three Rum Old Fashioned from episode 23, and the Escape Velocity from episode 45. The Elamakule Tiki Bitters um, are hints, you know, they're hints of spice such as cinnamon and allspice, which help bridge the gap between the flavors of the Jet Pilot with the more pineapple focused flavors in the Pineapple Express. Uh, For garnish, I garnish with pineapple leaves and a pineapple chunk uh, on a bamboo skewer or a pick. Uh, The garnish should please the eye and the nose and complement the drink, and I made it easy since I'm really leaning on the pineapple in this recipe. As I mentioned, when it comes to taste, I went through, I think, six iterations to try and get the flavor and the balance I wanted. Uh, Just as an example of what can go wrong or what doesn't work, version two ended up being too overtly boozy. Uh, I tested with and without the bitters and with different types of bitters. uh, I thought when I tried Angostura, that stepped on my flavors too much that I was trying for. The final really came down to the same recipe with and without the tiki bitters and i think it works in both cases so again i don't don't if you can't get the elamacule tiki bitters go ahead and omit minute it's still going to taste good uh be aware that with the oftd this cocktail is stronger than it tastes pineapple does a really good job of masking flavors and the inspiration the jet pilot is no slouch itself when it comes to punch so with the tiki bitters, I like the subtle spice notes that don't overwhelm the pineapple, which again was the primary inspiration. Just beware, it's, it's going to be a little bit more boozy than it tastes. Uh, so, you know, watch out on that second one. Um, and then for substitutions, if you don't have access to the OFTD, I made the Pineapple Express with Hamilton 151 and found the results were still positive. But the Hamilton did start to overpower the pineapple flavor a little bit. So in that case, you might want to up the pineapple juice to one or one and a quarter ounces if you're using that Hamilton 151. Uh, speaking of substitutes, I would also recommend experimenting with other classic recipes that call for pineapple juice and a column still aged rum. Uh, mix in the stiggins and see if it works. As I mentioned, I think it works very well in a Bulu. Um, and maybe try adding like a pineapple sculpin beer uh, in place of the club soda in that recipe. you really, you know, you're tweaking it a little bit more, but I think the core of it's still a Bulu. That's it for this show. Thanks for listening. The show links are up on the 5 Minutes of Rum website. That's number5minutesofrum.com. The show is also on iTunes as five minutes of rum. You can subscribe there. You can rate the show there. You can even leave a review. The show is also on Twitter as at five minutes of rum. That's at symbol number five minutes of rum. Please send in any comments, corrections, feedback, or requests via the five minutes of rum website or on Twitter. Also thank you again to Adrian from the inside the desert oasis podcast or inside the desert oasis room podcast, Uh, link to his show in the show notes. Again, I was very uh, thrilled to go out and record with him. So go listen to that episode, go subscribe to his show. You can find him on Twitter, excuse me, not on Twitter, on uh, Instagram as at Polynesian Pop, Uh, and I believe he has a page on Facebook, but I don't, so I haven't ever seen it. Uh, Thanks again, Adrian. Thanks for some uh, entertaining conversations, and now, go get some rum.